November 9th, 2020, and I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report direct message. There's a lot going on in the world right now, and we're going to hit as much of it that I think perhaps you need to know as possible. But again, not going to depress you around here, I don't think. I'm going to try not to depress you. We'll see what happens. Uh, Okay, so first, I want to talk just sort of broadly about the mental state of most people that that I'm seeing at the moment. Um, Of course, I guess before I get to that specifically, I should give you a mini update that has something to do with reality as far as the election, which is that the AP and some news outlets have called it, but the election results obviously aren't certified and that Trump is going to challenge things. Now, I think anyone, regardless of whether you wanted Trump to win or you wanted Biden to win or whatever, you wanted Joe Jorgensen or Kanye West, I think that most people, most sane people in a democracy would say that they want uh, the election to feel that it was honest and real and everything else. So if right now your position is that it was legit and it's good and we're good to go, then you let Trump do his legal challenges and they won't work out and everything's fine. So I think having everyone considering that it sounds like about 74 million people assuming it's real, voted for Biden and about 71 voted for Trump. This is a a huge amount of people that voted. Trump, if in fact he lost, got the second most votes all time only to Biden, which all seems very bizarre. But the point is that I think what's more important than who won specifically in a bizarre sense is that if we're to believe that this system works, then you have to let the system do what it does. So Trump is allowed to to challenge in courts to find out what's going on. And if things are within margins of error or they trigger recounts or all that, then all of that process will happen. And and if at the end he loses, he loses. And if, if something gets reversed, he gets reversed. But I think everyone's popping the champagne on the left a little too quickly and and that they've sort of just jumped into this I guess this thing where it's like, we're already telling you who's in our administration. We're already telling you we're putting critical race theory back into, into the government. I mean, all of these things that, that seem pretty bizarre uh, to be just so quickly jumping in on, on top of the fact that this campaign staffer for Pete Buttigieg has started this ridiculous Trump accountability thing where they're going to just start listing people who have anything to do with the, with the campaign and with the administration. And it's like, that's, that's actually the most anti-American thing, you know, coming up with these lists so we can make sure what, that these people don't have jobs in the future or that they can't get bank accounts or they can't be on social media. I mean, in a bizarre sense, these people are actually everything that they purported Trump to be all these years. Anyway, so before I get into just sort of some personal stuff and what's going on right now, I just wanted to say that, that I am completely okay Dave Rubin here, I am completely okay with everyone doing whatever legal mechanism they have. And then at the end, once those things have been exhausted, obviously we have a president. It's as simple as that. But I think that there is just a little bit of premature celebration here. Like we, you know, and and, and by the way, I am hearing some sane people say that, not not too many people sane people are saying that, but but some people are out there. Um, So before I get into some of the nitty gritty of what's happened in the last couple of days, I wanted to talk about just sort of like the general state of being, because I can tell you that regardless of what happens here, let's say Biden wins, 
like my general state of being, although it would not have been my choice, and in many ways I'll have to fight harder, right, for the things that I believe in, free speech and open inquiry and the American dream and capitalism and all that. Well, A, I, I like fighting. In some ways, I think I probably like being in an opposition more than in the power, right? Like I'm not, I'm not that concerned with power. I like fighting for what I believe in, and I, I'm actually okay with that. Um, but what I've noticed is there's a lot of people that you can sense that their whole outlook on life just got completely flipped. And, and I think that that's dangerous. It's dangerous for many reasons. And it's one of the reasons why you should never want a president that has so much power that your whole life outlook, your whole existential being can be changed depending on who the president is. So it's like these people who have been miserable and screaming and hysterical and Hitler and Nazis, they're coming for us and everything else for the last four years, suddenly they're out in the park and they're dancing and they're celebrating everything else. And I, I just want to give you two personal examples of things that have happened to me just over this, this past weekend. Now, again, I'm not thrilled with what the purported results at the moment, but I will accept democratically elected results. I'm, I'm not the king, right? So it, it is what it is. And as I said, Trump has every right to, to challenge however he wants to challenge. Okay, uh, I have, I'll tell you two things. So I have a, a, a friend, goes back a long time, um, and we've sort of lost touch over the last couple of years because he, he's a lefty, I am what I am, whatever you wanna call that at this point. And over the years when we've had, we've had political debates for 20 plus years about all sorts of stuff and it was never hostile. Like it could always just, at the end it was like, all right, let's, let's have a beer, whatever it is. But during the Trump years, when I tried to have these conversations with him, it would get extremely host, uh, angry and you know, I'm defending a bigot and all of this stuff to the point that at one time we were at a, uh, we were at a bar in New York City and we were sitting there and he's really yelling at me and, and all this craziness. And I hadn't seen him for, for quite some time. He's getting very hostile and he had just had a, a kid and I wanted to talk about the kid and how his wife's doing and everything else, but he had to bring everything back to politics. And it, it just wouldn't, I couldn't end it. I couldn't end it. And you know me, like I will do everything I can to, to defray these situations, right? So I finally said to him, do you think it's possible that I believe what I believe as much as you believe what you believe? And he immediately said no, like without even having to think about it. Like I could not possibly believe the things that I'm saying. He is so earnest and honest and forthright and, and I'm the reverse of that. And I know many of you have these types of examples where you get into debates with people and they, they can't even begin to believe that you might believe these things. Anyway, it, it, can, it continued to escalate and I've actually never done this in my entire life before and I hope I never have to do it again, but I just threw money down at the bar. We were sitting at the bar and I left. Um, anyway, we haven't really talked much in the last two years, but then on uh, Saturday night, uh, he texted me a picture of us from years ago. No, no comment, just a, just a picture of us. And I thought, this is, this is so absolutely why the obsession with politics is making everyone crazy. So you believe that you got the result you wanted. So we haven't been able to talk for these last couple of years and whatever, and I'm, I'm this awful person and everything else. But now that you got the result, here's a little reminder that we're friends. We can be friends again. We can be friends again. And I'll have to figure out how I want to deal with that personally in my own, in my own life. And I do try to extend the olive branch as much as possible. But I had that happen. And then yesterday, uh, I was talking to another friend who has had major, you know, Trump derangement stuff and the world's ending and everything else. Um, and we were talking on FaceTime actually. And he said to me in the middle of it, and we weren't really talking about politics, like so specifically, we were talking a little bit about COVID and whatever else and kind of about life. And he said to me, um, 
you know, you should smile more. Now, first off, I, I think people always say to me, I, when I'm talking, I look like I'm smiling. So I think I generally do smile a lot, although I don't think whether you smile a lot or not is necessarily indicative of anything else. You can smile, you know, when Joe Biden smiles, it's a little scary, you know what I mean? So putting aside smiles specifically, I thought it was really interesting because here's another friend who has had massive Trump derangement syndrome, the, the country is ending, the world is ending, COVID's gonna kill all of us, just all the stuff that you know about. Now they got the result that we wanted and they're telling me to smile more, even though I haven't seen them smile in years. Like it's this sort of uh, asymmetry of things where if your whole world is wrapped up in politics, the same people who four years ago didn't want us to accept results are now demanding we accept results with no question. Um, this, this is dangerous and weird and I don't like it. And I just wanted to mention that up top because even though I talk about these political things that, that all sort of feel separate from the human part. Like I thought, if I framed a little of this in the human part, I thought that might be good. Anyway, let's go to some video here because this is just incredible, folks. Biden, you know, announced the winner by the media. Again, it's not certified, okay, that's fine. Um, and then it's just incredible because remember when Trump was having all of these events, because Biden didn't really have any events or campaign or anything, still got 73 million votes, uh, incredible. Um, but when, when Trump was having all these events, these were super spreader events and you know, nobody's wearing masks and they're packing all these people in and they're not social distancing and COVID's going to kill all of us. Well, let's look at some video of the last couple of days, what the people uh, who have been telling us to stay locked down and not do anything and the world's coming to an end. Let's take a look at what they're up to now. Listen, you follow. If you're not born again, you're not going There you've got it, guys. We've solved COVID, social distancing, not necessary anymore. You don't necessarily have to wear masks anymore. You can win an election and then also burn down effigies of the guy that you just defeated. The, the, I saw a lot of tweets, something like this. We've, we've gotten rid of the dictator elect with, through elections. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just, there's just so much hypocrisy all over the place. And, and these people have been doing this relentlessly. And, and the mainstream media, of course, refuses to call them out and they'll never call them out. We know that when, when there were Black Lives Matter rallies with thousands of people, the media wouldn't say that had anything to do with spreading COVID. But if Trump had rallies, it was all about that and, and the rest of it. Um, I, I also want to talk a little bit about some of the hypocrisy related to um, accept sort of this accept the results and we have to unify now. Cause I'm, we're hearing a lot about this, that we have to accept the results. Now I already talked about that at some level. It's like the same people who didn't accept the results for four years are now telling us to accept the results. Again, I say this within the framework of if they, if they do whatever they are gonna do in terms of lawsuits and everything else and we have a result and it feels right and everything, then okay, it is what it is. You don't always win all the elections. Okay, so be it. 
Um, but these are the same people who for four years ran with a Russian collusion hoax and then an impeachment and the rest of it that never accepted the legitimacy of the election that if this, that actually in many cases were trying to burn down the system the entire time. Now they got what they wanted. So we have to accept it. Okay, that's fine. And I, and I get the hypocrisy thing and so be it. Um, the, the part that's more interesting to me is this. Now we have to heal part. Now we have to heal. Now, Let's try it the other way, because we're hearing the heel thing out of, out of Biden and all the Democrats. Now is the time to heal. Now is the time to bring the country together. We've apparently purged racism and all of these things. Now, that kind of sounds right, right? Like, I listened to Biden's speech, and it's sort of, if you're not really thinking, it does sort of sound right. And, and would we all like a healing of the nation? Well, I can't say we would all like it, but would most people like a healing of the nation, meaning, meaning that we weren't at each other's throats all the time that the tenor and the and the tone was was down a little bit the the flame was a little bit lower i think most people would like that but but it's very bizarre coming from these people who for 4 years they didn't have what they wanted right so the rest so we were bigots and racists and everything else now they believe they have what they wanted so now is the time to heal but think about it this way let's pretend that the results had come in the other way the the uh, Trump had won. Again, when you say results, it's a little murky right now. But let's just say Trump had won. Do you think any of these people would be saying now is the time to heal? Now is the time to reach out across the aisle? No, they would literally be screaming burn it down. But, but not only screaming burn it down, they would actually be burning it down. Let's not forget, there's no riots right now. Well, that's not quite true. There are Antifa and Black Lives Matter riots in Portland and Seattle, and there were some in D.C. and in New York where they just generally want to destroy, you know, America. Those are just, the, you know, just the general, those things. But there aren't mass riots of people not accepting the results or whatever it might be. There was no chance that Trump supporters were going to be out there destroying businesses and attacking people and the rest of it. There, there just wasn't. And the mainstream media offered you up 50-50, guys. We're boarding up everything. I mean, I'm here in Los Angeles. Every freaking thing is still boarded up. It's like 50-50. If Trump wins, then we know they're going to do it. And if Biden wins, we know they're going to do it. And, it. and it just isn't true. And I think what you're going to see is an incredible amount of gaslighting. I'm using the phrase properly. A tremendous amount of gaslighting over the next couple of weeks. The same people who would have gladly destroyed everything if they didn't get what they wanted will now basically make it seem like, oh, they're, they're just so good. They're so good. And they're so right. And the rest of it. So it's, it's going to be a little bit messy. And as always, I will, I will try to give it to you in, in some kind of honest way. Um, but let's talk about the, the COVID situation for a second, because magically you're not going to believe this guys Pfizer, uh, last night or early this morning, uh, announced that they have a vaccine that is 90% effective in the first analysis. Just out of nowhere, we just got Biden a couple of days ago, and now Pfizer is saying this, the world is a strange place. Uh, allow me to uh, read a little bit about it for you. Uh, Pfizer and BioNTech said in a joint statement that their preliminary findings have shown higher success rates than many had expected. People who received two doses as part of the trial saw 90% fewer symptomatic cases of COVID-19 than participants who were given a placebo. Now, what I find interesting about that quote specifically is 90% fewer symptomatic cases. But we've also been told constantly to watch out for the asymptomatic cases. In, in many cases, we've been told you, you have to watch out for those more because you may be completely asymptomatic and getting other people sick. 
So when they're saying this 90% thing, well, I would want to know, well, how many people are asymptomatic and everything else. But without, without whittling down the numbers on this, it's just, it's just fairly obvious. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm really not. Um, but I think you are allowed to, not allowed, I think you should actually um, explore the different venues of when you get information, why did I get this information now? How did I get the information? Who's sending me the information and everything else? So the timing seems a little bizarre. Uh, if it's real, I suppose it's fantastic. Um, but we shall see it. And I think this asymptomatic part is, is a little bit bizarre. Um, but either way, I think what you're going to see is more and more people will be out and about. Let's also remember that in New York city right now, so there's videos of, of literally thousands and thousands of people, uh, in Brooklyn and in, in some of the other boroughs and they're out there and they're celebrating and they're dancing and they're playing music. These people who, again, five days ago, they thought that we were in the third Reich. Uh, they're now they're now thrilled about everything. But keep in mind, you cannot go to church or temple in New York City. You cannot go to church or temple in Los Angeles. So that means what what de Blasio is saying in New York City and, and Cuomo, who is just the, he's the only guy worse than Andrew Cuomo is his brother, Chris Cuomo. That, that's tough. And by the way, I really like their dad, Mario Cuomo, who was the, the governor of, of New York years ago, you know, 30 years ago. Um. But the idea here is, okay, you guys can be out in the park and you don't have to social distance and many people weren't wearing masks and you can celebrate and it's all fine and the media won't say a word about it and everything else and we're not gonna arrest you, nothing like that. But if you go to church, if you go to temple, if you try to open up your small store, if you try to open up your restaurant, well now you're in trouble. And even in the last two days, there were some videos going around of, of you know these middle management regulators, these, these little, these little people who have far more in common with the Nazis actually than anyone else who just show up at these places of business and try to shut people down. And it, and this type of hypocrisy, this is what we're going to have to be on the, on the lookout for more than anything else. Um, and, and, and one other thing related to this, which is that I definitely think that no matter what happens going forward, that our ability to communicate on social media is going to be deeply, deeply hampered, right? Like, the, the simple fact is the only thing that was keeping big media not from going completely all in on censorship and everything else is that there was some threat from the administration. Well, once that threat is gone, and now we already know the critical race theory of Biden as the president is going back into the system. And what that means is that anyone who argues with these ideas will be labeled a racist. I mean, that's how brilliant you have to admire the alien like quality of the totality of these ideas. It's so insane. Um, but why wouldn't? Why? I'll phrase it differently. Why would social media allow for the 70 million people who are going to be deemed racist by the political establishment, the media establishment, and big tech, why would it let them on these platforms? And then I think you can extrapolate a million questions beyond that. So I think that we are going to see all sorts of weird censorship and, and all sorts of weird stuff, which, by the way, is why I always tell you guys, if you want to communicate with me directly, join us on, on RubenReport.com and we're troll-free and we're bot free and it's a, and it's a gated community, a small community. It's not so small, but it's, it's our small community. And that's what I think the future of the internet is. I don't think it's these giant big tech platforms. I simply don't. Um, okay. But let's, let's move on to, uh, to the final story because I, I've been talking about sort of this, this hypocrisy related to, okay, let's, let's reach out across the aisle. Now let's, let's heal and all that. Well, 
That's what a lot of people are saying, but not Jennifer Rubin of the Washington Post. And before I go any further about Jennifer Rubin, same spelling, I want to be very clear about something. I've never been more clear about anything in my life. I am not related to Jennifer Rubin. I don't know Jennifer Rubin. I've never celebrated a holiday with Jennifer Rubin. I don't want to know her in any way. And it's very odd to me that she's part of this system. This is a person who, who says she's a conservative, but I don't know what conservative uh, idea she holds, nor has helped any conservative cause. But you know, they, they love her on the left because she says she's a conservative and thus destroys conservatism from within. This is sort of a little bit like the, the uh, Project Lincoln guys or the Lincoln Project guys, whatever the hell they are, just go away already, people. Anyway, Jennifer Rubin was on MSNBC, that wonderful bastion of journalism, that, that fantastic place that's gonna tell you as it is. Um, and she had this to say about the future of conservatism and the future of the Republican Party. Um, it's not only that Trump has to lose, but that all his enablers have to lose. They have to, we have to collectively, in essence, burn down the Republican Party. Um, we have to level them because if there are survivors, if there are people who weather this storm, they will do it again. They will take this as confirmation that, hey, it just pays to ride the waves. Look at me. I've made it through. And so up and down the ticket, federal, state, local offices, the country has to repudiate this. It is not a normal administration. And when these people say, oh, you can't criticize us, it will deter public service. <laughs> it will deter people who are liars, right. who are enablers, um, who are really bad people. And they I, Dave Rubin, am not related to Jennifer Rubin. I want to be very clear about that. As a matter of fact, we will clip me saying this right now and I will share it across the internet for all time. I, Dave Rubin, am not related to Jennifer Rubin. Do you understand? Okay, let's unpack what Miss Jennifer Rubin said there because there's so much to it. Uh, these people, these people are not fit for polite society. Now, I, I don't even know what polite society is anymore and I'm not even sure that I would want to be part of it at this point, but these people, meaning people who believe different things than her, people who vote a different way than her, they're not fit for polite society. Here's, here's just a spectacular quote. I think it's absolutely abhorrent that any institution of higher learning, any news organization, and or any entertainment organization that has a news outlet would hire these people. So what's she, in effect what she's saying is, if you're on the right, if you're one of the 70 million people who voted for Donald Trump, because she's not, you know, they're frame, you know, they'll frame it as, oh, we mean the people that work in the administration or something like that. No, what they mean is anyone who has had anything to do with this, if they can find a Facebook post that you said you went to a rally or you voted for Trump or anything else, we should remove you and then you shouldn't, I guess, be allowed to work at a college uh, you shouldn't be able to work at an entertainment organization or a news organization. Now, of course, the irony here is, and this is this is the hypocrisy of of these sort of never Trump conservatives, is that she's making sure that she has a job, right? So she's she's their their lapdog, um, while at the same time she thinks that will save her. But eventually, it'll come for you too. Like you're 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 just a, a, a willful idiot. Um, but it's not just that Trump has to lose, but all his enablers have to lose. And, and the really deranged part, if there are any people who weather this storm, they will do it again. Sorry, I want to jump to the sentence before that. We have to level them because if there are survivors, if there are people who weather this storm, 
they will do it again if there are survivors. I thought we're healing ourselves, guys. Aren't, aren't we healing right now? Um, this is this is such dangerous stuff. Now I get it that she's just sort of a media construct and nobody really listens to her and you know bought Twitter followers and bots love her and, and the media whatever because she's a she's a deranged anti-Trumper. I, I get all that stuff. I get all that. But that level of language, survivors, if there are any survivors, saying we're they're trying right now. What they want you to think is that if you voted your conscience, if you did something different than they wanted you to do that they have a right to destroy you. And what they're telling you is, there's, I mean, think about it, within just days, within just days of the, the result, they're already saying, we've got lists, we're gonna destroy people, we won't be invited to polite society. They're trying to, fear, to make you afraid of your own shadow. And you know what? I think there's nothing to fear but fear itself. I really think so, I really think so. I have no doubt that there's a lot of people who would love to destroy me. And they're not particularly good people. But should I either live my life in fear of those people or should I do what I think is right and then see where the chips fall? I think it's obvious, for me at least, that, that I'm gonna do the latter. But all of the, they want you to feel fearful right now. They want you to say you will never win again and go back, crawl under that rock that you came from. And to say that to 70 million people, 70 million people who are, who are proud Americans, who are not racists, uh, and who have a lot of guns, by the way, probably not the best thing to say. So, so it is an odd situation because on one hand, you've got a set of them saying, we have to heal, uh, we have to heal the nation, right? And then on the other hand, you have this set that are saying, but we must destroy these people. And I'm not even sure which one of them is more disingenuous when they're, when they're saying it. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty wacky. Okay, guys. Uh, we are doing live DMs every day this week. Uh, I'm actually uh, headed to Dallas. I'm going to be doing some stuff with The Blaze. So one of our DMs, at least on Thursday, will be live from uh, the Dallas studios. I have not left Los Angeles since this freaking lockdown began. So I will get on a plane. I, I assume it's still the same. Can you get peanuts anymore? Or I guess peanuts were taken out like 20 years ago for allergies. But I'll have a soda. I guess you can have a soda. I don't know. Um, and, uh, and there'll be just a lot of stuff continuing to happen. So don't lose your head. Don't burn down the city. I know you won't. And uh, I think everything's going to be okay. We'll figure it out. Let's continue. And if you want to talk to me directly, join us at rubenreport.com. Have a great Monday, everybody.